the squadron. They called him Bullets, but we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Fauci. He owes us all a great big fat chocolate apology cake. Fauci, the fake news. Oh, Fauci, actually. Oh, he's in trouble. Hey, it came from the Wuhan lab. It came from that lab in Wuhan, like a lot of us were saying all along. Uh, Now the Department of Energy is finally owning up to it. Yes, the Wuhan, the COVID virus came from the Wuhan lab. It was a engineered disease, infectious disease. Uh, design it might have even have been released on purpose on purpose that's the china that's the communist party of china for you huh remember it was china's fault and don't you forget it we need that kind of clarity once again now that the now that everyone's moving on and looking at this silly trial on tv we find out that it's uh <laughs> covid came from that damn lab how many careers did they try to ruin uh peter navarro Brilliant guy working very closely with Trump. He was one of the first who said this thing came from a laboratory and they chased him away. They yelled and screamed at him. They even arrested him. They even arrested him. Not officially for that, but I think it was for that. I really do. Boy, oh boy, that guy is. uh, Oh, come on. Hold on a second. Hey, Brian Cranston, by the way, he's making these woke sounds on CNN. Brian Cranston used to be this guy who was kind of cool. Remember Walter White? Walter White. He was the greatest guy in that Breaking Bad show. But Brian Cranston is nothing like him. Brian Cranston is a weak, woke, uh, just want to be cool idiot. And he went on the Chris Wallace show and he said, Make America Great Again is tantamount to racism. He says, White people stink. Critical race theory is great. We all should read about what a miserable thing slavery was. We know that. You know how many countries where they had slavery and it was a lot worse than they had it here? Like 80% of the world. 80% of the world. Man, America, the first country to just badmouth itself. What is? Why do we have this? It's not an inferiority complex because people really get off on this. It's, it's actually a, it's a way to show you're superior. Brian Cranston, when he complains about white people, he gets off on that. He gets off when he complains about Make America Great Again, because he knows how how much that is accepted by the elites, by the left, and how it's okay to be a white man, even a rich white man. You think Brian Cranston, you think a, show me a network series that's being greenlit, that features as its star a white man, with a fellow, uh, with a sidekick who's also white, man, <laughs> that was uh, that was Breaking Bad for you. That was Breaking Bad. Anyway, it's disgusting. There's almost too much. We're all vindicated, especially Peter Navarro. I think was Scott Atlas one of those guys. What they said about those who had the boldness to figure it out—that there's no way this thing came from a from a bat in a market. No way. It's just, and they came out and they said it, and they were chased off the internet. They were laughed at and mocked. The media, the media, they say they are so uh, in favor of democracy. Democracy. We must protect our democracy. Well, how about doing your damn job in this democracy? You're not the dominant media. You are an agent of the state. 
You're an agent of the state protecting preferred narratives that the government has. That's not the role of the media, whether it comes to COVID, race, hell, the election, the election. Do you know there was a scientist a long time ago who said that there were 1,538 stars in the universe? That's it. And this this opinion held for about 250 years that there were about 1,500 stars. Now we know that there's, what's the number I heard? Uh, nine octillion stars. <laughs> I never heard the word octillion until uh, this weekend. Octillion. It is a million plus 27 zeros. All right? Every, every beach in the world times a billion, all those grains of sand. That's how many stars are out there. But for a long time, the dogma, the science, the science, the science said that there are only fifteen hundred stars. The science said, "Hey, uh, the fake news. They tell us the election was the best, most fair ever. When are we going to find out the truth? When is it going to be okay to talk about the truth? There, how many years is it going to be? Is it going to be? Is it going to happen in our lifetimes? I don't know. Actually, I think one day we'll know the truth. Hey, the thing that they're coming down on Trump now, right? For is a uh, Ronna Romney McDaniel, how in the hell did she get reelected as the Republican Party chief? But she was, and she's saying that everybody has to take a pledge. If they want to participate in the Republican debates, they got to take a pledge that you will support the Republican nominee no matter who it is. Now, you know who's not going to take that pledge. <laughs> Donald Trump is not going to take that pledge. It's one of the reasons why we like the guy to, right off the bat. It was the Fox News debate. And they said, do any of you here, will any of you here not pledge to support the Republican nominee, no matter who it is? And Trump was in the middle of the stage, and he raised his hand. I'm not going to take that pledge. I don't know who it's going to be. Why would I take that pledge? Uh, <laughs> you never know what's going to happen. That's like what most reasonable people would do. Oh, here we go again with the damn trial. Have we started the trial again? Okay, well, it's on Fox right now. Uh, hey, a Fox, CNN, and MSNBC so far it's not on those channels. Um, pretty soon they're going to give in. This thing is wrapping up. I'm pretty sure the guy's going to walk, and maybe he should. I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Hey, DeSantis was on Mark Levin last night. And before we talk about that, I did see this late Friday night. It was after my show was all set. The anti-Semitism in Florida is crazy. Have you seen these people yelling and screaming at Jewish people? I mean... I thought it was a a horror movie. Uh, you know, it, this can't be real. It's real. It's happening. These maniacs are saying the most vile, hateful things right at Jewish people. I don't know who they are. I don't know where the hell they came from. Uh, I know they have nothing to do with MAGA, nothing to do with Trump. The left is going to try to make you think that. Believe me, the left, <laughs> they're the ones with the big anti-Semitism uh, issues. I bet these people are all kinds of leftists, but... Wherever the hell they came from, they need to go back under that rock. Just totally disgusting. Mark Levin brought this to uh, our attention. Well, it was out there, and then he really he's highlighting it. We got to. This has got to be nipped in the bud. This is horrible. This is as bad as it gets. Um, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe that it was America. Uh, it really made me think for a moment, and um, I don't know. We'll keep an eye on that. We'll do a lot more than that. Actually, I'm gonna. Um, I'll get back to you, but we got to do something. Hey, so DeSantis was on the Mark Levin show. I did not catch this, but I am curious to see what DeSantis said 
Although I do think that Ron has got to wait until 2028 or 2032. Okay. He's not ready. He's got some maturing to do. His big book comes out tomorrow. In addition to my book, it'll be right next to mine on the bookshelves, right? Justice for all. How the left is wrong about law enforcement. Did you pick yours up yet? I'd appreciate it. And there's a big chunk in there. I call it the war on truth. Man, I wish I knew this stuff about the Wuhan lab. I could have put that in there. Talk about a war on truth. Remember how they were they were canceling people. You couldn't say that on social media without being uh, silent. Oh, that's too hot. Oh. Anyway, here's Ron DeSantis uh, cut eight with Mark Levin. You're conservative. What does that mean to you? Well, I think the foundation of it is understanding uh, the American project. Our rights come from God, not from the government. The founders rejected the divine right of kings. And it used to be some people did have rights, but it was a courtesy of the state. So that's not how our system works. We have these God-given rights. We loan power to the government under a constitution to protect those rights. And I think that what we've seen in more modern society is we've seen an unmooring of those constitutional foundations. We have an administrative state uh, which is totally out of control. Uh, it violates people's freedoms. It's really been weaponized against factions of the country that, that the ruling class doesn't like. And it's it, we need to reconstitutionalize uh, this government. But, but what we're facing now, uh, I think, is not what the founders intended in terms of how this government should be operating. All right. Who's going to argue with that? Nobody, quite frankly. Well, people on the left, I guess, might. It's pretty reasonable. It's not exactly groundbreaking or earth-shattering. I mean, it's common sense. Um, but you know what? In this moment, are there so few people willing to stand up and say common sense things because they're worried about what might happen? I don't think he would have said any of this, though, quite frankly, had not Donald Trump in the first, right? Donald Trump without the cover. You know, one thing he's going to have to answer for, DeSantis, at one point, is the whole you know Trump mimicry you got to look at his first commercial for becoming governor. I mean, it's <laughs> he's got his kids wearing MAGA hats. They're they're making blocks. They're making a wall with their blocks and toys in their in their little kids' room. I mean, it's over the top. I'm a Trump guy, and this was over the top. And now I I don't know. I still don't know if he's going to run. I hope he doesn't. I think he's got to wait. Uh, cut nine, please. Cut nine. If we were here two, well, no, four years ago before COVID. If you would ask me about federal agents, obviously we would all agree, IRS, some of those bet. But I would have respected CDC and NIH. And maybe it's because I just didn't deal with them enough. But I figured these are medical people. They're going to be good. Well, think about what they did. They embraced the lockdowns. And when it was clear those didn't work, they clung to that. They embraced school closures. When it was clear that that wasn't the right policy, they clung to that. They wanted to force mask uh, the society, saying it would end COVID. We knew that wasn't true. Uh, and when it didn't work, they didn't. They won't admit that they're wrong. Yeah, he's got that right too. Um, you know, if you listen to the conservative space, this is what a lot of folks are saying. It's not exactly. It's it's good. It's not great. There, all right. It's good. It's what we expect on our side, but it's not next level stuff. I'm sorry. I mean, I still I like him someday. Uh, at this point, oh, here's leadership for you. Jake Sullivan, National Security Advisor. All weekend long, I saw him talking about tanks and how Joe Biden showed leadership in committing the M1 tank to Ukraine. Although the M1 tank is not going to get there for two years, which is just this bureaucratic weirdness of political, who knows, 
you, it's not that much to send a tank. Uh, you put it in a plane and you send it over there. It's pretty easy to do. Um, and to hear Sullivan talking about tanks, the guy's never seen a tank, doesn't know what a tank is. And here he is. Oh, you will neither confirm nor deny that whole stuff about the Wuhan lab. Cut 13, please. Cut 13. I want to ask about a new Wall Street Journal report out this morning that a classified intelligence report from the Department of Energy concludes that the coronavirus pandemic most likely did not emerge naturally, but it did come from a laboratory leak. Did the coronavirus pandemic start in a lab? Is that what you believe now? Well, Dana, there is a variety of views in the intelligence community. Some elements of the intelligence community have reached conclusions on one side, some on the other. A number of them have said they just don't have enough information to be sure. Here's what I can tell you. President Biden has directed repeatedly uh, every element of our intelligence community to put effort and resources behind getting to the bottom of this question. And one of the things in that Wall Street Journal report, uh, which I can't confirm or deny, but I will say the reference to the Department of Energy, President Biden specifically requested that the national labs, which are part of the Department of Energy, be brought into this assessment because he wants to put every tool at use uh, to be able to figure out what happened here. And if we gain any further insider information, we will share it with Congress and we will share it with the American people. But right now, there is not a definitive answer that has emerged from the intelligence community. On yeah, this question. thanks. Thanks. Nothing definitive ever emerges from Jake Sullivan, mealy mouth fence walker. Um, but I tell you what, they they use it as a political weapon and try to demonize everybody who said anybody who had an alternate theory. You know what? A, oh, the science, the science. Well, you know what? Scientists disagree all the time. Weird, weird world. Give me a moment. Thank you. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, and all this stuff, you know, China's really, they're hot right now. They're all over the news. They got a peace proposal for Ukraine, which Zelensky is taking quite seriously. Uh, let's see. They just flew that balloon over our country. Uh, they're in the newspaper a lot. They're in the news uh, quite a bit. Joe Biden bragged uh, nonstop, actually, uh, that he had this really tight relationship with President Xi. I flew with him for 17,000 miles, more than any public leader in the world. 17,000 miles, the president of China. He's bragging about that, bragging about it. Bragging. I heard over the weekend that he has not talked to President Xi of China since the summer, last summer. He's very strangely non-confrontational when it comes to we don't want we don't want confrontation we want competition we we just want to compete we don't want we don't want confrontation yeah well sometimes you got to be confrontational to avoid confrontation you can't be a pushover he's a pushover he's weak and the whole damn world can say it sees it and oh by the way what the hell was up with that trip to ukraine and what is up with this war i mean can Russia figure out where the airfield is and blow it up? You know, they're, they're launching these planes from Ukraine. Ukraine's a big country, but it's not that big. What's up with Russia's military? Where is all this money going? Joe Biden has this fixation, fixation with Ukraine. During his vice presidency, after his vice presidency, now. I mean, Ukraine's great, but what is going on? All that money, all that money flowing around. 
You think it's all going for uh, bullets, beans, and Band-Aids? You saw that thing the other day. We're paying pensioners. We're paying their pensions. This is insane stuff. Now, when that kind of money is flowing all over the place, just talk to the bankers on Wall Street. Just talk to those Goldman Sachs guys. You know what these guys get? They're standing by. Yeah, they, they move billions and billions and billions of dollars. Well, you know when you move billions of dollars, you know what it leaves behind? Little golden crumbs. Little golden crumbs. Millions for the for the movers and the shakers. Millions. Millions. And I could see, you, you get it in your head, well, this is a $5 billion project or a $500 billion project. I'm the one who made it happen. Shouldn't I get some money? Shouldn't I get... $5 million, $10 million, the golden little crumbs. That's what they call it. That's what those guys get down there. I think it was Tom Wolf who came up with that in Bonfire of the Vanities. If you don't understand Wall Street, think about it like a cake. You know how these guys get rich? It's like a great big cake. And when you cut the cake and you give it to somebody, say one company gives it to another, they're buying something, what happens? There's all kinds of crumbs left over on the plate, on the cake plate, on both plates, and those guys come in, and those those crumbs, those golden crumbs are worth a lot of money. Joe Biden believes and has said publicly many times in his career that he is vastly underpaid given the magnitude of the responsibility he has. And he also said, once I get paid, my government salary, once it meets the actual magnitude of what I'm doing, then I'll give up outside income. But this guy has said all along that he feels entitled to the extra money. He is a crook. He has said it out loud. And if he's not getting this money, some of it that's going to Ukraine, (laughs) I know it. I know it in my bones. Give me a moment, please. Thank you. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right, so who's Scott Adams again? Scott Adams. Scott Adams. You know that name? He's um, a big deal in uh, the cartoon world and for, I guess, fans of Dilbert. But I don't know who Dilbert is. I mean, I kind of know what he looks like, but I've never – I haven't read a cartoon in uh, – uh, when the hell's the last time I read a cartoon? Uh, I, 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 I never liked no- newspaper cartoons, ever. I I like Snoopy when he was on TV, but not in cartoon form. It never did anything for me. I don't understand it. I don't like it. But uh, Dilbert is a big business for Scott Adams. And before this, Scott Adams said something just reprehensible over the weekend. I don't understand this guy at all. Uh, We'll get to that. But I will say this about Scott Adams. Uh, He understands Trump. He wrote this amazing book called Think Bigly about Trump. And I follow him on Twitter. He's a pretty interesting thinker, and he's got a unique take on a lot of stuff. Uh, but this is, um, I don't know, I mean, I think this might have been suicide by cop. I think this was deliberate. He came out and he said something uh, just totally off the charts offensive. I'm sorry, but you can cite data till the cows come home. That does not justify ever discriminating against an individual. Uh, no, sir. No way. Uh, this is Scott Adams. Uh, cut 14, please. Cut 14. He's saying this from his home office in California. Cut 14. Uh, well, Rasmussen poll uh, had a uh, provocative little poll today. They said, uh, do you agree or disagree with the statement, uh, it's okay to be white? 
That was an actual question. Rasmussen asked, you know, white and black voters, and and probably others, uh, do you disagree or agree with the statement, it's okay to be white? 26% of blacks said uh, no. It's not okay to be white. 21% weren't sure. Add them together, that is 47% of black respondents were not willing to say it's okay to be white. That, that actually, that's like a real poll. This just happened. Did you have any idea? <laughs> would, would you have imagined that that could have happened? All right, let me explain in a moment. I want to hear the rest of what he said. Cut 15. So I realized, um, as you know, I've been identifying as black for a while, years now. He's being funny. Because I like, you know, I like to be on the winning team. And I like to help. And I, I always thought, well, if you help the black community, that's sort of the biggest lever. You know, you, could, you can find the, the biggest benefit. So I thought, well, that's the hardest thing and the biggest benefit so I'd like to focus a lot of my life resources in helping black Americans. So much so that I started identifying as black to just be on the team I was helping. But it turns out that nearly half of that team uh, doesn't think uh, I'm okay to be white. Which is, of course, why I identified as black, cause so I could be on the winning team for a while. But I have to say... Uh, this is the first political poll that ever changed my activities. I don't know that that's ever happened before. Normally you see a poll, you just look at it, and you go, ah, whatever. (laughs) Oh, this is interesting what other people think. But as of today, I'm going to re-identify as white because I don't want to be a member of a hate group. I'd accidentally joined a hate group. So if if, nearly half of all blacks... Uh, are not okay with white people, according to this poll, not according to me, according to this poll, uh, that's a hate group. That's a hate group. And I don't want to have anything to do with them. And I would say, you know, based on the current way things are going, the best advice I would give to white people is to get the hell away from black people. Just get the away. So... This is a big problem. This is this is a horrific thing that he did. It is. I am <laughs> not politically correct, and uh, there's a lot of things that are being said about race in America that are not honest, and there are some uncomfortable truths out there that are not being addressed. But this, this, what he did, number one, he misread the poll, all right? <laughs> I'll get to the number in a second. When you say, let's face it, white being white, white people, right, white guy, That has been demonized and just kind of frowned upon and mocked by the mainstream media for a long time now. White guy. The worst thing you can be in the world is a white guy, right? So that's like in the air all the time, all the time. What a confusing question on a poll. If it comes, is it okay to be white? You can get almost anybody to say anything in a poll. The big takeaway that he misses is the majority of black people say it's okay to be white. All right. All right. I mean, but he seems to be using this one poll and this crazy conclusion to justify individual racism, individual discrimination. No way, sir. You're on your own there. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. Now we can talk about millions and numbers and demographics and trends and all, but 
for you to justify, you know, you're going to avoid a black person be, uh, just on the basis of their skin color, this is a huge problem. This is not how conservatives think. We judge people uh, on, on their individual characteristics, who they are, what they can do, who they just what is it about them to use that poll? And it's just one poll, Rasmussen. It's very strange what he did. I think it might have been a suicide by cop thing. Or something prearranged, because you know who's come to his defense? And by the way, there are some things he says in his statement later, we don't have them, that are kind of like, okay, how do we address that? He talks about um, black on white crime being like, <laughs> all right, we've got white on black crime, and you see it. It's hard to find, but you can find it if you look. It's about 47 times more likely to happen black on white crime. Now, what's really off the charts that nobody really wants to address at all is black on black crime. But our society, our culture doesn't seem to care. Remember, black lives don't matter unless a black life is taken by a white cop. Okay. Now, if you throw Memphis into the picture, they're trying to change that a little bit, but they're going to find themselves with not enough copy to talk about. uh, Because, you know, the black cops killed a black guy and they have to say that the black cops are just inherently racist because they're representatives of the state of the inherently racist police department. Look, Scott Adams, um, no way that was. Oh, but who came out to support him? Elon Musk. Elon Musk said they're very interesting observation. I just whoa. Uh, OK, you guys can have your you know, part of this is they've got their money. Elon Musk, you can't cancel Elon Musk. He owns Twitter, and he's worth, uh, what is he, a trillion dollars? He's the richest man in the world. Uh, Mr. Dilbert, Scott Adams, also has an insane amount of money for drawing a cartoon character. And he's worth probably $100 million. And he can sit there and waste his time and just talk and talk and talk and make these observations. It doesn't matter. His podcast isn't really even that popular. But he doesn't care either. And I think he might have done this just for the jolt of attention. Um, but that's not the way we roll. However, I will say this. There are plenty of people on the left who have said equally racist things. And that's just business as usual. Hey, one of them is Joe Biden. <laughs> he says black people are supposed to vote for him or else they they ain't black. Remember that one? All right. Here's another rich white individual who has achieved everything he's wanted, has got his awards, has got his money, has got his fame. His name is Brian Cranston. And in that TV show, what was it called again? Um, uh, Breaking Bad. I guess his character, you could argue, was kind of cool. Uh, wanted to make ends meet to uh, help his sick son. Wasn't that the... I only watched two episodes, maximum. I couldn't get into it for some reason. I know it's a great show, but it wasn't for me. I saw enough to know that the Walter White character was kind of cool, kind of gritty, kind of realistic. A lot of uh, we could identify with that guy. But this guy, Brian Cranston, he's got nothing to do with Walter White. He's just another um, this virtue signal. This is more than a signal. This is a uh, this is a bonfire of uh, look at me, how virtuous I am when it comes to matters of race. And when it comes to pointing my finger at those bad people with the red Make America Great Again hats. Brian Cranston. You know, Brian, maybe you should have uh, not taken that role on Breaking Bad. Maybe you should have given it to a person of color. Wouldn't that have been the just thing to do? Let me hear this guy. Oh, by the way, he's talking to Wallace. (laughs) Chris Wallace. 
Yeah, he's still around. Okay, go ahead. How did we get to a point where we treated other human beings as slaves and, and were okay with that? When I, when I see the, the Make America Great Again, my comment is, do you, do, you, do you accept that that could possibly be construed as a racist remark? And most people, a lot of people go, how could that be racist? Make America great again? I said, so just ask yourself from, from an African-American experience, when was it ever great in America for the African-American? When was it great? So if you're making it great again, it's not including them. So it's, it's to teach us in the woke world to open up and, and accept the possibilities that our privilege has created blind spots for us. And maybe I haven't seen what is really happening yet in all my years. In all his years. So he's going to talk like this on Money Mountain, all right, prestige city where he lives, right? Because there's nothing cooler than Brian Cranston, and he can go anywhere and do anything and get any role, right? He can talk like this. But you know who pays the price? The guy who works at the bus depot. All right? <laughs> the working class Americans pay the price for this kind of virtue signal of all colors, by the way. Everybody. This kind of crap rips us apart. Now, I was actually there when the Make America Great Again slogan, if you will, was unveiled. Donald Trump lifted it. Not too many people understand this from Ronald Reagan. It was his campaign a theme in 1980, I think, but make America great again. And I remember where I was. I was in Trump tower, June 16, 2015, right after he came down that escalator, by the way, when he came down the escalator, uh, you know, who was standing like two feet in front of him, Melania. And all I could think of, <laughs> who is that woman? Very, very beautiful. Uh, I mean, I was like, who is that? I, I, she, I, I did not know. Cause she was, it wasn't obvious that, it was Mrs. Trump. It was just there was something. Anyway, she's an amazing person and an amazing looking person. But anyway, when she, he got up there and he makes a speech and he said something that really resonated with me. He said, America doesn't win anymore. We don't. We don't win. You know, I wasn't thinking. People, I think people of all walks of life weren't thinking like, wow, we really had a great when uh, when we had slavery. That's when America was great. No, 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 no. He was hearkening back not very long ago, pre-Obama, certainly. Obama, who didn't care about America, who wouldn't defend America, who would go overseas and apologize for America. What my mind went to immediately when he said, we don't win anymore, is that we haven't been to the moon in 50 years. That's exactly what I thought. It's like we are like this, this, this sad kind of incestuous looking inward time. Nothing's interesting. We don't win anymore. We don't win on the global stage. We weren't winning in space. We couldn't even send people into orbit at that point. We had lost the shuttle. That was a time right then, at that moment, we had to send our astronauts on Russian rockets to get into space. And it really it really resonated with me. America doesn't win anymore. And that was the case, June 16th, 2015. And Brian, Brian thinks that uh, MAGA, make America great again. And so does Joe, by the way. MAGA is a movement supported by... How many votes did Trump get? The legitimate votes, unlike Joe. How many? Was 72 million? Was it 72 million? It was 72 million. More votes than anybody in history. You know, someday, 
Someday it will be established. I believe, I could be wrong, but I believe it will be established. It's my hunch. I can't technically prove this, that Donald Trump got more legitimate votes than Joe Biden. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Don't call the FBI on me, okay? I don't want anybody to riot. That's just how I feel. I'm pretty sure. Just like Copernicus knew, and he actually had the technical skill to prove it, that the sun was the center of the solar system. They threw that guy in jail. Galileo, too. You, well, we talked about that last week. Ralph in New Jersey. Hi. Yeah. Hello, Greg. You know, with regards to Joseph Biden and China, I, I can't, we can what, describe... What? what, what? S- slow down and say it again. When, uh, with regards to Joseph Biden and China, we can describe it in the following terms, Greg, okay? Wine, dine, and pocket. Ah, yeah, that's Curtis's line. Hey, listen, it sounds like you're underwater. Uh, you're in a pool. I can't hear you very well, Ralph. I'm sorry. Uh, do we? I, I oh, okay, do we have to go out on that? Maria, real quick, real quick. Hi, Greg. Thanks for taking my call. I just want to comment at the top of your show about the interview Mark Levin had last night with yeah. Ron DeSantis. Yeah. Now I'm no journalist, but the first question that I would have out of my out of my mouth was, "Are you running in 2024?" He said nothing about that. All he kept on doing is praising his book, and he never mentioned Ron. Hey, well, listen, 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 Maria, Ron. lay off Mark Levin. All right. Oh, he, I love him. All right. I so I mean, Mark I mean, Levin. I mean, well, you. Why didn't he because you, you would have done it differently. That's all. All right. It's the question. First of all, he's not going to announce right then and there. All right. He's going to announce at his. So it's a kind of a wasted question. It's a wasted question. I've asked him that question myself. It was a wasted question. I played it the other day. I felt like a schmuck watching it. Are you going to run for president? Like he's not going to say it. And he didn't. So uh, I'd cut him a lot of slack on that one. All right. Does that make sense? He, it, uh, he yeah. knows enough enough. When is the last time somebody just let it slip that they were running for president on, and they uh, really were on a talk show? Carlson's show this past week, that, that Indian-American guy. That Viv- Vivek. Announced. Okay, yeah, yeah. What's his name? What's his name? Rajamani. No, Something. you've got like it wrong. You know, Vivek Ramaswamy. I can't even get it. He's going to be on my show tonight. I like I forgot. him. That's terrific. Good. Why do you like him so much? I like He's smart. Him. I mean, you know what? I mean, like, I don't know. I think uh, there's more to t- we'll talk about with that guy. So, so look, uh, generally speaking, they don't do that. When you're Vivek and you have no chance in hell, maybe that's a different story. I'll be right back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, one other thing, Maria, about that Vivek guy, who I like, by the way, and he will be on the show tonight. Uh, Vivek, that was not he didn't let it slip on the Tucker Carlson show that he was running for president. That was planned. That was pre-planned. That was I'm going to say it on the Tucker Carlson show. Why? Because Tucker Carlson is the most watched uh, television news show in in all of cable. And so a massive audience. I mean, He'll say it there. He said it there. It was his uh, intention to say it there. Uh, and 
he otherwise who would have come to the Vivek for president press conference, right? Not too many. It would have been uh, it would have been sparsely attended. Who's this guy? We don't know who he is. He says he's running for president. Who cares? There would have been that. However, it was very smart of him. Uh, that was a very good platform, and uh, he's getting the word out. And uh, we'll see what happens. He's not yet forty years old, and he's running for president of the United States. He's never held any elective office, and here's. I think he's brilliant when it comes to critiquing woke culture, but let's face it, there are a lot of people out there who are pretty good at that. And woke culture is, uh, I don't want to say it's like uh, low-hanging fruit, but it's if, you, if you've got some common sense and you've got some integrity and you've got some guts, uh, there's a lot to work with. And Vivek does, uh, does well, but he's not, you know, he's not reinventing the wheel as far as I'm concerned. We need more people out there like that taking on woke culture. That's great. What else about that? He... Uh, and then we got to listen to him about what it is he's done. I mean, why? So why are you? You know, what gives you? What brings you to the table? What do you have? What do you actually have to offer us? And um, anyway, so it was a smart move that he had it on that made the announcement on Tucker, but it was not a flip comment. And Mark Levin asked him, "Are you going to run for president?" I mean, it's these politicians; they work on uh, on schedules that they sometimes don't tell us about. Uh, Eric in Manhattan. Yeah. Hi. Hey, Greg. Um, I think, uh, are you looking at this? See, my, my mother, my mother's Cuban. She lived through the actual civil rights movement. She's all right. And, yeah, all right. That's good. What? I'm just saying, I'm just saying, um, he was, he said it wasn't racist. No, Scott Adams. Uh, I'm sorry. 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 No, 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 no. Scott Adams said to stay a hell of a way from black people. So if you're at an elevator and you're waiting for the elevator to come, and you see a black person, you're supposed to go the other way. Sir, that's racist, all right? I mean, now part of this, I'm not saying, believe it or not, actually, I'll say this. I don't know if Scott Adams is actually a racist. He said something that was racist. I think this may have been a pre-planned shock operation, all right, because he's so frustrated with the ludicrously stupid conversation, so he said something ludicrously stupid on the other side. You don't cite one poll as justification for avoiding black people for the rest of your life. I'm sorry, Eric. That's not how it works. Well, the, the black people that are not represented as Paul are the ones that joke about the marooning and deporting black oquistas that are, are really crazy. I, I don't not, know what you're talking about. I don't know. I don't even know what the hell those words meant. I don't know what you're talking about, Eric. Uh, best to your mother. Came all the way from Cuba, right? Beautiful story. Um, yeah, no, I'm sorry. I mean, he's uh, Scott Adams. I do think this was a... This he actually seemed a little bit drunk. Did you notice that? Didn't he seem a little bit drunk? He may have had a few in him. And that doesn't excuse what he said. That silly comment uh, got in the way of everything else. Uh, he had some interesting points. I'll be back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, you know, I was supportive of Trump. Long before, long before he started plugging my book online, which he's doing left and right, I really appreciate it. What a thrill, quite frankly. Um, you know, I look at June 16, 2015, I was there. I was like, this is the man. He's going to do it. I can feel it. It's going to happen. That message works. And then uh, even more so as the campaign unfolded, I'm like, I like this guy. I like his style. I like the substance. What's not to like? This is fun again. Make America a little bit fun, huh? Anyway, um, and that comes through in my coverage, and I've not been – I've been very conspicuous about it, very, very conspicuous about where I'm coming from, 
Very few people are, oh, by the way, in the media. They all have their personal agenda. But my um, my support of him predates this uh, total and complete embrace of my book by Donald Trump. Let's see. At this point, he has uh, he's put it on Facebook. He's put it on Truth Social. He's put it on Getter. And now he's got another message here over the weekend. Great new book, Justice for All by Greg Kelly, out now. Go get it. <laughs> this is the third time. Let's see. I've got some. I, I It's really great. It's. Um, I am honored. Mr. President, you don't have to do that. You got my support anyway. But uh, I'm not complaining. <laughs> I'm not complaining. He's. Let's see here. Uh, when was this? This was about a month ago. The very talented Greg Kelly, whose show on Newsmax is a big success, has just just written a book, Justice for All, which is absolutely fantastic. It is available in all bookstores. Greg gets it like few others. Go buy his wonderful words of wisdom now. Uh, let's see what else. I mean, how can I? Huh? How can I not? I mean, it's just great. And uh, then I got to go back. Let me see. Where's the other one? Just told you about that. Go get his book, Justice for All by Greg Kelly. Go get it. It's out now. And then before the book came out, about a month or so ago, I was when I was really interested in pre-orders. you got to worry about the pre-orders in the book world. It's a very important thing. I don't really quite get the whole publishing thing, even though I've now published a book, which, oh, by the way, is a bestseller in law enforcement, nonfiction law enforcement. All right, it's a bit of a niche category, but I'll take it. It's um, it's moving. And this book, I mean, look, somebody had to write a book. Somebody had to document um, the corruption of Black Lives Matter and start telling everyone uh, that we love the cops and they deserve our support. And what's happening to them is totally and completely unfair. And uh, my book does, uh, I think, a pretty good job of that. And it's also hopefully entertaining. I think you'll like it. Let me just see where this pre-order thing is. Oh, it's actually a couple of months ago. I got to go all the way back to December, uh, where he said it's available, and he's a, a great guy. And uh, I actually sent him an advanced copy of the book. And um, anyway, very grateful for that. So, what else? Oh, did you see Saturday Night Live? Now, with that, I can also laugh with and at President Trump. He's a funny guy. He's a He's just very interesting to watch. And they've got this Trump impersonator on. On SNL. And here's why I like him more than Alec Baldwin. Alec Baldwin was the worst Trump impression. Just terrible. Played Trump stupid. Trump is a genius. Okay, so it did not work. And not only that, he didn't sound like him. He didn't look like him. And uh, he didn't talk that way. This guy, whoever it is now on Saturday Night Live, there are little elements that are actually Trump. And it, it works a lot better. You know, look, and I like it. You know, when Obama was the president, you had a lot of people trying to talk and sound like Obama. It doesn't work. This is who we are, all right? People people change topics. They 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 go to other things. They're non sequiturs, and it works. This guy is the best communicator in the world, even though it sometimes it may not seem that way because it's so kind of – it seems casual, and you can understand it. Anyway, are we ready? Here, here's the riff the guy did. I don't know who this guy is, but he does a pretty decent impression. Go ahead. Hello, it's wonderful to be here in the town of East Palestine. Not a great name. (laughs) But uh, I had to come here and see these wonderful people who have been abandoned by Biden. He's on spring break in Ukraine with his friend Zelensky in the T-shirt. Very disrespectful. (laughs) Stop stop for a second. This is like Trump. This is very much like Trump. What he says is true. It's like there's 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 an element of truth. 
Let's try to figure out, like, what is it about Trump? That what, what What's the essence of it? He's always right. And this guy, he does go off. Uh, he overdoes it in a moment. But uh, he's Palestine, not a great name. I mean, it's true. I had trouble. Is it Palestine, Palestine, Palestine? I mean, it just, it's not a great name. Uh, keep going. He thinks he's rocking that ring of tea like Scott Pilgrim. But I'm here and I brought hats, cameras and hats, because it's terrible what's happening here. You know, earlier today, a farmer came up to me, big fella, and he said, Sir, we have nothing to eat because our dirt is poison. And I said, well, what are you doing eating the dirt? Don't eat the dirt. Stop Stop for a second. I mean, it's, by the way, he brought a hell of a lot more than hats and T-shirts, okay? He brought water, like 40,000 bottles of water. uh, And he brought, you know what, the most precious thing of all? His presence. His presence. A former president of the United States and quite likely a future president of the United States flying to East Palestine, Ohio, which the federal government wanted everybody to ignore, wanted everybody to forget. His going there, you know what? It brought real resources. Hey, <laughs> Buttigieg followed him the next day. It's um, It made it front and center, and that's really important when you're when you're in that situation. All right, let me hear a little bit more of this. Don't eat the dirt. You should be eating the cold McDonald's I brought you. <laughs> and the bottled water, Trump ice. Yes. I'll be honest, I just put my sticker on some Dasani. <laughs> we like to say Dasani. I've heard all about your situation with the water, but I was looking at your river and it's so shiny. I've never seen water so beautiful. Beautiful rainbows and discolorations. It's great. <laughs> It's wearing makeup. Fenty Beauty Water. Fenty by Rihanna. Rihanna, by the way, you know, she was pregnant doing Super Bowl. Can you believe that? I said, of course she is. She's not moving at all. It was just arms, right? She was just doing arms the whole time. Now stop for a second. This is the kind of reference that Trump would make, you know? Rihanna at Super Bowl. Everybody saw that. Everybody has an opinion of that, including him. This is a man, like, they say that the presidency really cuts off the president. Right. You're in a bubble. You're in a bubble. You're alone. You forget what the people are thinking about. That is the opposite. He never got caught in the bubble. He loves people. He loves our culture. He's immersed in it. Immersed. And um, that's why he's, let me think, a million times the leader that Joe Biden is. All right. So a little bit later in the show, uh, do we want to play any more of that? Let's uh, a couple more seconds. Go ahead. But your train exploded, and who do we blame? Who do we blame? We blame Buttigieg. Pete Buttigieg. This was his responsibility. Unfortunately, he was too busy being a nerd and being gay to dealt with the very much more important issue of should trains have big poison? I mean, like whoever wrote this, I mean, they really do understand Trump. This is that is a valid criticism. That is a I know it's in character. I know this, that, the other. But Buttigieg, which is obviously a crazy name when you think about it. Uh, Oh, yeah. The whole idea of what they're trying to say is the derailment is Trump's fault because of deregulation. Oh, by the way, the Washington Post points out today. With 100%, they call that a 100% lie. The Washington Post says to blame this on Trump's deregulation is 100% a lie. It's in today's Washington Post. I don't like to talk about that too much because the fact checker there 
Conservatives get excited when they finally, finally, finally give us a break, but they never give us a break. So if I call attention to it, you know, today, but anyway, they they said that that is uh, bogus. But trains derail. I understand that. They're going to derail no matter how many regulations you have. They will come off the tracks from time to time, especially if they go too fast, like the one in Philadelphia, remember, or Spite and Dival. Remember those? Although the one in Spite and Dival, I don't think that was that guy's fault. He was, uh, and that late night shift will will kill you working uh, overnights. Anyway, um, what was that all about? Uh, oh, uh, it was the aftermath. It was the response or lack thereof. Lack thereof. The minimal response afterwards. That was the problem. All right. Can we hear what's his name? Uh, this is Woody Harrelson does the, Woody Harrelson is the guest. The guest, what do they call it? The guest of honor, the guest host. And he comes out. Is this what Woody Harrelson normally sounds like? His voice is very weird. Although I love what he says. And the crowd is very, <laughs> I don't think the crowd is into it. Why? Because he dared to deviate from the orthodoxy of COVID. Go ahead. So the movie goes like this. The biggest drug cartels in the world. Stop, 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 stop. Take it from the top again. Go rewind it. So he says he's in the park, in Central Park, going for a walk, and somebody gave him a script to read. And he's smoking dope. He acknowledges he's, but he's reading the script, and this is what the script is. And he can't believe the script because it's so crazy, right? Go ahead. So the movie goes like this. The biggest drug cartels in the world get together and buy up all the media and all the politicians and force all the people in the world to stay locked in their homes and people can only come out if they take the cartel's drugs and keep taking them over and over. I threw the script away. I mean, who is going to believe that crazy idea? All right. Huh? Is there any more? Oh, that's it? Well, anyway, nobody what to do. Nobody knew what to do in the audience. They were, but it's true, huh? I mean, my gosh, what did they do to us? What did they do? What did they do? And I know what you're thinking. Somebody already said, well, wait a second. Trump is the one who came up with the vaccine. Well, he didn't come up with the mandates for the vaccine. I've never heard Trump say, get the vaccine or else. Remember Joe Biden saying, our patience is wearing thin. Who the hell are you to say that to anybody? This dimwit from Delaware County. I don't even think it's a state. I think it's a county. You know, Delaware is smaller than Suffolk County. It's smaller in size than Suffolk County. Delaware, you're responsible for this guy. You should have sent him home on his ass in 1974. There should have been a complete and total recall election of this twerp that you elected to the United States Senate. When he goes to the Senate floor and starts bitching and moaning about what was then $42,000 a year, a very generous salary, especially for bottom of his class, Joe. And he said, I should be getting paid more especially because of the magnitude of what I'm doing. So I will uh, avail myself of outside income because he's not getting enough money. Uh, He's not getting enough money as a senator. All right, let me see if there's anybody else here. Let's try before you go there. Uh, Joe, yeah. Yeah, hi, Greg. Um, Thank you for taking my call. Uh, I'll be quick. Uh, First of all, I love you, love your dad, listen to you every day. Um, I saw a fantastic movie over the weekend, just came out, Jesus Revolution. I know you're religious, so I highly recommend it. But I want to ask you a question. If this ever happened to you, I was on a row. There were uh, two couples down towards the other end. I always watch, wait and watch the credits because I'm kind of in the business. 
So I'm sitting there normally by myself, and this one guy from the couples, two couples, came over to me, and he starts asking me if Jesus is in my life, things like that. I said, I'm a Catholic. Uh, I don't go every Sunday. I'd like to, but I go on the normally, you know, Christmas and Easter, and I got my ashes on Ash Wednesday, blah, blah, blah. But anyway, he starts wanting to basically convert me. Now, the other three people who he was with came over as well. And he he wants to convert me away from Catholicism, <clears throat> which I felt really strange about and weird. And I yeah, especially did, in a movie I, theater right after the movie's over. I mean, uh, you know, I mean, hey, by the way, did you go to the movie by yourself? To go to the movie did by you, myself. Did you go to the movie by yourself? Yeah, yeah, I do. I always oh, go to that, the movie by myself. Yeah, I know, I know. I, you know, I, I have in the past myself. It's frowned upon socially, but it's uh, it's kind of a. I, 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 I actually used to like it. Nobody goes to the movies anymore. Where the hell was this movie? Nobody goes to the movies anymore. Uh, where was it? Oh, it was down in, in Nyack. I live in Orange County. All so right, so he tried to convert mall. you. I mean, that is not the time and the place to be talking about that stuff, in my opinion. But, but listen, I stupidly gave him my phone number. Which and, I was idiotic. And he's now sending me these videos of, like, these pastors who were former Catholics and now con- the, the converted. I guess he's a Protestant. I have no idea. But I'm obviously well. Block the number. Block the number. I'm going to. I'm going to. I'm just curious if you ever had that experience. I have not. Nobody in a movie theater has ever come up to me and said, "May I convert you?" Or just anybody who's trying to convert you from Catholicism to Protestant or whatever. No, I will say this: Uh, every uh, a couple of times a month, somebody walks up to me on the street and asks me if I'm Jewish. You ever get that in the city? They got these guys down there, and not too long ago, I. I just snapped at one of these guys. I don't know. I was like, none of your business. I was like in a rush, and he just kind of came up to me. And I felt so bad about it. I found, I, I just, I, I, I really, I know it's some part of some sort of Jewish pilgrimage. And I snapped at this guy just because he interrupted me, and I felt like it was intrusive. And I felt really bad about it. But I made a new friend. I found out where he worked, and I went up there, and I just said, hey, pal, I didn't mean that. I'm so sorry. And, you know, you're doing your, so, um um, anyway, I, I made a friend out of something bad. Joe, uh, yeah, I don't think that's a, a correct thing, and uh, that guy sounds a little overzealous to me. Thank you very much. I'll be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Hey, is it going to snow tonight? For real? Do we know? Three inches, the post said, three inches of snow tonight. I was actually looking forward to getting through the winter without any snow. Uh, we had some flakes. I guess you're supposed to have at least one big snow. Uh, that could happen tonight. Uh, what else? It's almost, we're almost done with February. I will have, uh, you know, I'm always struggling with my personal fitness and nutrition and all that stuff. Uh, I will have run more miles in February than any month in two and a half years. About three years ago, I became a runner. Four years ago, I became a bit of a runner. And uh, it felt great. And then it's quite frankly been downhill ever since. I, I, I ran less miles in 2020, less miles in 2021, even fewer miles in 2022. You get these really cool apps that track all that stuff. Anyway, I'm back into it. I will have run 70 miles by tomorrow, which is not bad. It's not great, but it's better than I've done in about two and a half years. So I'm back on track. I want to get lean. I want to get mean. I want to, uh, you know, I just... I don't know. I, I owe it to myself. Oh, and I owe it to my my family, especially. This is baby Annalise taking a bath. Are you ready, everybody? Baby Annalise taking a bath over the weekend. Go ahead. 
Mommy finger, mommy finger, where are you? Here I am, here I am, how do you do? Daddy finger, daddy finger, where are you? Here I am, here I am, how do you do? Baby finger, baby finger, where are you? Here I am, here I am, how do you do? Isn't that nice? Who knew that little song? I didn't know I had that song when I was a kid. Baby finger, baby finger, where are you? Anyway, she's, uh, how old is she? Three. Three and two months. The other one is a year and one, two, three months almost. Almost three months, and she's still not walking. Do I have to call the psychologist already or what? No? It's 15 months. No walking? She can stand. She can cry. Uh, she can look beautiful, and oh, boy, she's so nice. But anyway, that's what's going on at home. Oh, and the wife is great, although she's really raining on my Twitter parade. Uh, I'll be back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. So the COVID-19 virus was engineered in a lab. In Wuhan, Wuhan, China, in that laboratory. They may have done it on purpose. May not even have uh, leaked out. It may have been delivered out. But we have the assessment that it was from that lab, from the very woke and political Department of Energy. How about that? The U.S. Department of Energy. Isn't that where that silly transgender guy was uh, working for a long time? Yeah. The one who was stealing women's clothes. They actually determined that it's... um, it's uh, came from the laboratory, not the delicatessen downtown where they were selling bats. Big difference. But remember, anybody who mentioned that, they treated them like they were a criminal, like they were a maniac, like they were a danger to America's existence. They were shut down. They were chased out. Um, big tech, of course, came in. Hey, thank God for Elon Musk, oh, by the way, just... An amazing guy, an amazing guy. I like him. I know he's quirky like a lot of other folks, but that's okay. Now he's there. They can't censor it anymore. Is it being censored on Facebook? Big tech censorship in spotlight amid lab leak. You could not talk about that stuff without Mark Zuckerberg getting into your feed and de-emphasizing. You know, oh, trust the science, the science, the science. Anybody who says that doesn't understand science, oh, by the way doesn't understand science. You know, science isn't always, what do they call it, the the test of falsity. You've got to test and test and test. Not everybody tests the same way. Scientists could have, they can look at the same data and come to different conclusions. Medicine and science, actually, you want to hear something about science? Science is not a science. It's an art. Science is not a science. It's an art, not a science. And a lot of people have convinced themselves otherwise, especially people who don't know anything, they, people who know nothing about art and nothing about science. It's Trust the science, one of the most ignorant things I've ever heard. Um, know what I mean about that? All right, let's see. What else? Hey, Jill Biden is now saying that Joe is hopefully going to run because he's done so much. Joe himself seems to be warming to the idea of, of running. He certainly shouldn't be running because, well, 37% of uh, Democrats want somebody, uh, actually, only 37% of Democrats want him to run. 
want him to run. All right, do we have the Scott Adams thing boiled down to the to the to the money part? Well, if you can't get that, let's just go. This is the thing that got him in so much trouble, and I do believe deservedly so. Scott Adams, the cartoonist, who had a lot of great things to say over the years, but uh, went too far with this, and I think he's uh, I think he's gone a little bit crazy. Cut fifteen, please. Cut fifteen. So I realized, um, as you know, I've been identifying as black for a while, years now, because I like, you know, I like to be on the winning team, and I like to help. And I, I always thought, well, if you help the black community, that's sort of the biggest lever. You know, you could you can find the the biggest benefit. So I thought, well, that's the hardest thing and the biggest benefit. So I like to focus a lot of my life resources in helping black Americans. So much so that I started identifying as black to just be on the team I was helping. But it turns out that nearly half of that team uh, doesn't think uh, I'm okay to be white, which is, of course, why I identified as black, because so I could be on the winning team for a while. But I have to say, uh, th- this is the first political poll that ever changed my activities. I don't know that that's ever happened before. You know, normally you see a poll... You just look at it, you go, ah, whatever. <laughs> you know, oh, this is interesting what other people think. But as of today, I'm going to re-identify as white because I don't want to be a member of a hate group. I'd accidentally joined a hate group. So if, if you know, nearly half of all blacks uh, are not okay with white people, according to this poll, not according to me, according to this poll, uh, that's a hate group. That's a hate group. And I don't want to have anything to do with them. And I would say, you know, based on the current way things are going, the best advice I would give to white people is to get the hell away from black people. Just get the away. You see what I mean about it? That's awful. That's awful. It's awful and it's indefensible. And that's not the way conservatives uh, think. Uh, Not the way this conservative thinks. You can show me data, studies, all that stuff. Anybody who walks in that door is going to be judged on their performance and their behavior toward me, quite frankly, and toward others. It doesn't matter. And the the numbers are such that, hey, and don't fall for that. It's one damn poll, and you're going to Rasmussen. You know what you should have done with that poll? You should have shrugged your shoulders like you did with all the other polls. Huh? That's interesting. Huh? Who'd have thunk it? You're going to buy that? I think that there's more that's going to come out about this. This is some sort of experiment. That he's doing, and I think he's in cahoots with uh, with what's his name, Elon Musk, right? I know some people are calling up. Oh, that's not racist at all. Yeah, actually, it is. It actually is. And um, to say that, it just I, I just I, it's too bad. He's a very talented man, very deep thinker. Um, and there are other things that he said in there that actually are true, not in what you just heard. But he talked about, again, black-on-black crime versus black-on-white crime versus white-on-black crime. (laughs) Uh, Those are very interesting numbers. Hey, our media are racist, by the way. And they were, at one point, racist against uh, black people. Absolutely. Uh, Now they're racist against white people. Equally wrong. Equally wrong. Hey, here's the Wall Street Journal. Listen to this. The Journal scoops Sunday that the U.S. Department of Energy has concluded that the COVID-19 virus leaked from a lab in Wuhan, China, doesn't mean the case is definitive. 
but it is more evidence that the media and public health group think about COVID was mistaken and destructive. The salient detail is that Department of Energy's judgment is based on new but still secret intelligence. Yet DOE's new judgment is nonetheless made with low confidence. The FBI has concluded that the Wuhan Institute of Virology was the likely origin of the virus, but other U.S. intelligence agencies either don't believe they have enough evidence or believe it had a natural origin. China has covered up whatever evidence it has about the virus's origin, and it refuses to let the World Health Organization conduct a more thorough probe than it did in 2021. News reports say the WHO recently abandoned the second phase of its investigation. China's behavior is prima facie evidence that it fears what an independent inquiry might find. House Republicans are moving ahead with their own investigation and are pressuring the Biden administration for more detail about what it knows. That may explain the timing and perhaps the impetus of the leak about the DOE judgment. It's another notable example of how the change in House control is countering media and government conformity. Yeah, I hate media and government conformity. Oh, by the way. On April 22nd, 2020, we published Arkansas Senator Tom Cotton's op-ed pointing to the possibility of the lab leak and raising doubts about Beijing's claim that it had originated in an animal wet market. The Media Conformity Caucus immediately derided Mr. Cotton for peddling a conspiracy theory that had been debunked at the Washington Post. Uh, (laughs) We have since learned that the public health officials wanted to hide that U.S. financial aid to the Wuhan lab may have contributed to the gain-of-function research that could have led to the leak. It is a disgraceful episode, like so much of the initial COVID dogma. It's amazing what they did to that guy, Cotton, and all of us. Given China's cover-up, we may never know for sure how the virus first struck humans. But Americans deserve to know the facts about the relationship of the U.S. National Institutes of Health to the Wuhan lab and to promoting gain-of-function research, the lab. Uh, The early deception also needs to be exposed. Absolutely. Absolutely. Red is in Jersey City. Yes, sir. Hey, Greg. Thanks for taking my call. On your cover, two things. The cover of your book under the 125th Street Henry Hudson Bridge. That's a great location. What made you choose that? To be honest, it wasn't my idea. Uh, the photographer, a very talented guy, came up with that. And so we headed up there. It looks a little bit, I get it. It's a kind of industrial. It's definitely urban. And the book is predominantly about crime in cities. And that's been the epicenter of so much. But, um, yeah, thanks for noticing. Uh, that's a real picture. It wasn't a green screen. And we shot it. It was about 20 degrees out. You'll notice I'm not wearing a jacket. Thank you for noticing, Red. All else good? Hey, Red. Do you know yeah. the red? Uh, one more. One, one wait, more wait, wait, wait. Let me ask you something. Do you sure. know? Do you know anything about the tube bar in Jersey City? I used to go there very often. I lived in Journal Square, and I knew Red Deutsch, the owner. Um, he was Popeye on emphysema. Great guy, ex-boxer, um, classic bar. It was great. Now, uh, you know, did you ever hear the calls that they did tor- tormenting yeah, poor Red? Yeah, the, uh, the Jerky Boys. I, kn- I knew one of the Jerky Boys. It wasn't the Jerky Boys. It was, an, it was another guy. It was another troop. Well, jerky Boys picked it up, yeah. Um, but uh, those, and that, that was immortalized in The Simpsons. So you, and, and why do you go by Red? What kind of name is that? Uh, since I was a kid, I got red hair. I had red hair when I had hair. <laughs> <laughs> I've always, I worked at Madison Square Garden. They always called me Red and it stuck. 
Gotcha, gotcha. All right, so what else? So I have a question. So the guy who went to the movies by himself and they got, he's at the um, guy calling about Christ and everything, how come Catholics are biblically illiterate? They don't read the Bible. Why is that? Uh, well, you're talking to the wrong Catholic. I read the Bible. You laid in life, not growing up. Yeah. All right. I, I say. I, 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 I sense. I sense this is an anti-Catholic thing. All right. I, I mean, I, you know, look. I mean, look. I love the Catholic Church. I love the Bible, and uh, I'm going to have to leave it at that. Red, I appreciate it. Uh, that's amazing that you knew that guy. Red at the uh, tube bar. Um, uh, and I know lots of uh, Catholics uh, who know the Bible a million times better than I do. Let's do. Uh, ooh, there's Barbara waiting patiently. Hi, Barbara. You're in Huntington. Hello. Hi, Greg. Hey, I'm looking here through the notes I've been making in your book as I go through. And, you know, there are just so many things here that are shocking facts that I didn't know. And I was just reading where you tell that after um, all of these uh, riots broke out after George Floyd. Oh, shoot. Barbara, do me a favor. Barbara, Barbara, Barbara. I want you to call back. I think you've got the special number because this scratchiness is is just terrible, and you always have the most important points, so do me a favor, call back. We'll take Barbara and Sandra, two of our very, very favorites, right after the break. And um, as I wait for that, let's see if there's another little item here. Oh, um, you know where these true crime features belong? Not on cable news during the day. They belong on Dateline. Cut 19. Cut 19. By the time the news got to Detective John Short... Uniformed cops had strung up their yellow tape. We're taking their pictures. What did they see? It was obvious to them at that point that this was a homicide. The medical examiner arrived. That's her there, sitting on the left. That's Dateline. That's Keith Morrison, famous guy. He narrates those uh, those true crime episodes on Friday night. That's where it belongs. It does not belong. These uh, Murdoch, Murdoff, whatever his name, these trials all day long. I'm pretty sure, by the way, he didn't do it. Uh, we've gone, we've totally flipped out. Totally, totally flipped out. However, cable news, they rely on this kind of stuff, but they're conflicted because the victims in this case are white. And we're not supposed to care about white victims anymore, right? I mean, when you start talking about white victims, you're just a, you're just elevating white women over everybody else. Cut 20, they say. White woman syndrome, missing white woman syndrome, missing white woman syndrome, missing white woman syndrome. They even have a code for it, right? You're not supposed to pay any attention to the missing white women because I don't know what they're pretty, they're wealthy, they're uh, they're this, that, and the other thing. Why not? I mean, you never know what the media are going to latch on to. It's it's kind of like the weather. It's very very uh, subjective, and I'll grant you kind of weird but the demonization of anybody especially by race it deeply offends me i'll be right back greg kelly entertaining and informative on the red apple podcast network that has not changed even in the wake of that spy balloon uh event but this one of the that, things that really does need to... This is that guy, smiley guy from the White House, the guy who looks like a game show host, filling in Corrine Jean-Pierre. Those were shut down by the Chinese after Speaker Pelosi, then Speaker Pelosi went to Taiwan. Do you think that there's um, 
what would happen if China were to send lethal weapons to Ukraine? How would that affect the bilateral relationship? You know, I'm, again, I'm not going to get into a hypothetical here and, and, and speculate. We have not seen the Chinese make a decision to move in that direction. Hey, what is, bi- very- what is a bilateral relationship? I hear that all the time. I think it means America and China, how we get along, right? Isn't that a bilateral relationship? Why do they say bilateral? How does it affect our relationship with China? I guess bilateral is fewer words. But you got to be a diplomat to know that. I mean, I know what bilateral. Nobody says bilateral. Stop saying that. All right. Uh, wait. Oh, she's back. Is she? Where is she? Barbara. All right. Hi, Barbara. Hi, Greg. Yes, I am. Um, you know, I'm looking through your book, looking at my notes. I make a ton of notes as I go, and and I just wanted to thank you so much for putting together the the timeline of what happened during all those awful riots across the country and all of the damage that was done while we were told to stay home because what we were doing wasn't important, but these riots were important. But I was really taken aback by the statistics you put in here that over 60,000 law enforcement officers were assaulted throughout just one year, 2020, compared to only 4,071 the year before. That is so striking and horrible. It's, and I, thank you for doing the research you did to put this all together for us. Well, thank you very much. Thank you, Barbara, very, very much. You know, you're a tough customer when it comes to books. You've read uh, you've read from the greats, of course. And, uh, well, thank you for that. How's everything else? Uh, the book, by the way, that she's talking about is Justice for All, How the Left is Wrong About Law Enforcement. And if I'm going to be the next Bill O'Reilly, you should go out and buy it. I'd appreciate it very much if you'd consider it. It is available wherever books are sold. Keep going. Yes. Well, I wanted to mention you brought up, and I saw it, um, Struck and Page, and their texts to each other about preventing Trump from ever becoming president. And that reminded me, and I wanted to share with you, that there is a movie called uh, FBI Lovebirds, yeah. the movie. And you can watch it on YouTube. And it is the, the texts, all the texts that went back and forth from them acted out on stage. And it is amazing. It's funny. It's disgusting. What's it called again? And it's shocking. What's... FBI Lovebirds. All right. I will check it out. Uh, I will definitely check it. Barbara, thank you. Oh, I do want to go to Teddy for a moment. Teddy is in Yonkers. Hello. Uh, good afternoon, Mr. Kelly. Uh, this is the first time I've uh, spoke to you over the telephone. I know what you're calling about, all right? There's nothing <laughs> anti—stop, stop, stop. I had no idea what faith this guy was. Somebody coming up to me on the street and saying, are you anything, is annoying. It was annoying to me. And I actually talked to somebody else about it and found out, okay, this is a part of a—it's part of his duty to do this. So I did not even know what his faith was. He wasn't dressed in a traditional Jewish garb, you know, of a, like a Hasidic or anything like that. It's just somebody coming up to me, whether they say, are you a Catholic? Are you a Christian? Are you a Hindu? Are you Jewish? Are you Muslim? In New York? You know what? You know, sometimes we're in a rush, and sometimes you get us at a bad mo- at, at a bad time, somebody who does that. Doubt on that statement. What, Teddy? I'll give you the benefit of the doubt. I appreciate that. it. I appreciate it. And I got to tell you. And let me just point out something very important. In the post <laughs> today, it talks about the woo coming from the lab, but it's still not 100%. There's a strong doubt that it is. You, you failed to 
state that. Yeah, there's always an asterisk to this stuff, all right? There's always an asterisk. There's always, you know, at first, uh, Teddy, they said there's absolutely no doubt uh, that it didn't come from the lab. And anybody who says it is a creep and is a conspiracy theorist. Now the Department of Energy is actually acknowledging it, and the FBI already did. The FBI did not say it was low it was uh, low confidence. So, dude, you know, we have to connect the dots and we have to uh, we have to draw our own conclusions. And I know enough about the government and I know. And by the way, you're 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 free to read The Wall Street Journal just like I am. But, Teddy, I thank you for uh, for your observation. And it was a, a learning point on my part. And um, uh, won't happen again. Let's see. Who else do we got here? Oh, wait. Oh, Sandra. Hi, Sandra. Sorry about that. Oh, hi, Greg. Um, my friend from Philadelphia loved your book, loved every minute of it, and she had a question for you. She wanted to know, how do we get more Americans to respect law and order as well as stop denigrating standards? I know that you said on your show the other day that Giuliani will be meeting uh, Mayor Eric Adams, so that's a start. I didn't say that. I didn't know that. I could have sworn I heard you say no, that. No, I didn't say anything. I didn't say anything. Meeting with Eric. I I don't know anything about that. I don't know anything about that. Look, they're in a special club, the Mayor's Club, you know? They're in the Mayor's Club. In my book, I talk about uh, the writing of the letters, being more comfortable talking about race. It's in the book, which I urge. Hey, uh, I can't take your call, Lenny, but Lenny, if you can't find it in the bookstore, you can get it online, or you can order it through your bookstore. You can just tell them you want it, and they'll get it for you. Folks, that's it. I got to run across the street. I'll see you on the Newsmax show tonight. I'm having that smart guy, Vivek, who wants to be president on tonight. I'll see you later.